The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. This is the Ben Burnett Show, the only show in America that features a one-term has-been retired politician that nobody knows. Welcome to the Ben Burnett Show. My guest today is Rush Limbaugh on decaf. (laughs) Mr. Vice President Mike Pence. Mr. Vice President, welcome to the show. This is kind of strange. It is terrific to be on the Ben Burnett Show. Ben, thanks for having me on. I, uh, you, so you are an old school radio. I did. A lot guy. of people don't know that. You know, I've been a vice president. I've been a governor. Uh, I've been a uh, Republican conservative leader in the Congress. But before all of that, um, uh, I did what you do for a living, but uh, not as successfully, Ben. I wasn't as big a deal as you here in Atlanta. Well, what you don't know is before I did this, I was an elected official. And so we've kind of, I, I don't know which one of us wound up being smarter or we making better like decisions. in the night. Absolutely. <laughs> what, what would, when you attribute your time in, in radio, how does that translate into how you communicate and your ability to get to know people in, in a way that they can understand the issues of the day? Well, it's, it's interesting. You know, one, one of my heroes, in fact, the reason I became a Republican was because of the 40th president of the United States, Ronald Reagan, who a lot of people forget, uh, he actually cut his teeth in radio, WHO radio at Iowa. He was a sportscaster out there. And, um, you know, for me, radio is kind of my first love in the media. We do a fair amount of television and other things, but because uh, uh, radio is such a great place to meet, to come together. And my years in radio were not so much been how I learned, you know, how to speak, but I learned how to listen. You know, one of the great things about talk radio is it's just it's just a wide open, you know, the the ground is level. People can call in and have a conversation. And in my years where I was I was on the air all across the state of Indiana, I was on 18 little small town radio stations. It was, you know, I was I was big in Bedford. That's what I always tell people. And but people would call in and we'd talk about the issues of the day. We talk about challenges facing their families and it. By the time I arrived in Congress, it it gave me great confidence uh, about the collective wisdom, the idealism, uh, and the goodness of the American people. Well, it seems like you can take all my questions at once. It's like you've done this a time or two. When you look at your time in Congress and you are looking at pursuing the governorship in Indiana, what are you really proud of that had your name on it from your time in Congress that taught you how to be an effective leader and an effective legislator? Well, as a conservative, you know— I'm more proud of what we fought than what we passed, to be honest with you. You know, I arrived in Congress, and I was I was one of 25 Republicans that voted against President Bush's No Child Left Behind. It doubled the Federal Department of Education. My vision now in this campaign is that I want to— I want to sh- shut down the Federal Department of Education and send all those resources back here to Georgia and every state in the country. But but it was opposing, you know, big government republicanism. I, I led the fight against the Wall Street bailout when I was there. I was the chairman of uh, of the House Conservative 
caucus known as the Republican Study Committee. Um, where, you, we, where you met my friend, Secretary Tom Price. I, I, I did. He's my great friend. And in fact, he followed me as the chairman of that uh, caucus before he would go on to be the, you know, the Secretary of Health and Human Services and a, a great man and a great friend. But I, I you know, for me, that was a that was a time of a, a, a of a real moment in the life of the Republican Party. We uh, we lost our way. We lost our majority in two thousand six, but we won it back in two thousand ten by getting back to a commitment to a strong defense, fiscal responsibility, traditional values, and I think it's still the prescription for how we move our country forward. After a decade or so in Congress, you decide you want to take the CEO job of the state of Indiana. Yeah, and and you're the governor there for a little over a term. What are you proud of from your time in, in, in the governor's mansion in Indianapolis? Well, and, you know, my wife, who's, who's, who's with me here while we're... We actually left Congress voluntarily. I mean, I'm, I'm somebody that's always thought 12 years in Congress is uh, about right. I, I actually wrote a chapter supporting term limits years ago. Um, and, uh, and so we decided we were going to do something else. But people in Indiana had just started to get their footing uh, after years of uh, Democrat control in our state. Uh, and in in some respects, it, it mirrors the way Georgia, um, I think back my great friend, Sonny Perdue, uh, and the way that he, he led the way to really transform state government. And now Governor Brian Kemp, who um, I think is one of one of the most uh, uh, successful and effective conservative governors in America, uh, has continued, but uh, for me, it was about going home, and probably, probably, I'm proudest of the fact that by the time the phone rang for me to join a national ticket, we had uh, we had more Hoosiers working than ever before in our state's history. We had passed the largest tax cut in Indiana history, still balanced our budget, had record reserves, and uh, and we doubled what was then the largest school choice program. Uh, in the country, and uh, even extended uh, opportunities for underprivileged families before school starts. So um, it was all of those things, all the things that, uh, you know, state government touches us much more closely in so many ways than the federal government does. It's one of the reasons why this week in my campaign for president, we unveiled our third policy platform, which was a return to federalism, Ben, as I, I I'm not interested in just reforming the federal government. I'm interested in reducing the size and scope of the federal government by restoring to the states the control over those programs and resources that have always been theirs. When you talk about it, and I've read through your platform immensely Thank on, you. on, on federalism, with make that make sense to average people. When, when you tell me, and we, and we talk about the role of limited government as somebody who's set in it, and I understand local control tenants even more than somebody who sits in a state house. Yeah. At, Talk about the tenants. I know returning federal land is a part of that to the states. Talk, talk about what that federalism platform means in a way that 60% of the electorate who will turn out to vote will understand. Well, I, I, I would tell you, first and foremost, it's about our schools. I mean, the American people are rightly troubled by what they see as, a, you know, a, a radical gender uh, identity agenda that's taken hold in many of our public schools. We, we, We've seen, you know, the, the, the teaching teaching young people to hate our history, um, uh, and uh, I, I believe the antidote to all of that is to empower parents to choose where their children go to school. Uh, and so the notion that we have to look to Washington, D.C. 
for how we run our schools, what our standards are at our schools, makes no sense to me. The Tenth Amendment of the Constitution is very clear that the, the authority not specifically delegated to the federal government is reserved to the states and the American people. And I think education is first and foremost in the minds of people. I want to see Georgia continue to innovate and expand opportunities for education, uh, for you know whether it's public, private, parochial, or homeschool for people in this state. And and the great thing about the founders' vision for federalism is is that with fifty states all trying different things, not just on education but on welfare and on housing, then you can look at what's working. Meritocracy. You can look at what's working. I mean, the Bible says iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Well, well, so one state sharpens another, right? And you see Republican-led states like Georgia that are outpacing other states. Think about if we, if we got Washington, D.C. To, to divest uh, control over a broad range of, of these programs that directly impact our families and then let let the American people in states innovate. And I, I think it's a pathway toward improving the lives of the American people, bettering our country. As you look forward, you're clearly going to have to face issues on day one as president of the United States. Yeah, right. I know you lot, know a lot about facing issues as number two on day one mm-hmm. as vice president of the United States. Yeah. What are the issues that you have seen change in the last three years since you've been out of quote-unquote public service that you think has fundamentally shaped both the West or the world, and what do you think is the biggest issue that faces America today that you feel like you're uniquely able to tackle among the Republicans? Well, we, we just saw mortgage rates have jumped up to about 8%. Just yesterday, the news reported the, the largest increase in more than 20 years. And some are estimating they're going to go to 10%. I mean, look, that's putting a real burden on families, and it's all a result of the runaway spending uh, under President Biden. Uh, and his administration. Uh, I mean, he walks in the door and he spends $2 trillion on COVID that was completely unnecessary. I mean, we, 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 we had turned the corner on COVID. States were sitting on COVID dollars, including here in Georgia. And, and they, they literally launched the worst inflation in 40 years with that runaway spending. They spent trillions more on their Green New Deal uh, and, and other programs. And we have a mountain range of debt right now. Families are feeling it. They're hurting. I mean, I mean, you know, a dozen eggs cost 50% more today than it did two and a half years ago when we left. So that's why the first, the first proposal I put out, and you looked at our website, was tackling inflation. And that begins by, you know, turning off about $3 trillion in unnecessary spending that hasn't been dispersed yet. Uh, and, then, and, then, uh, and then getting the Federal Reserve back to protecting the dollar instead of, instead of you know, trying to uh, Jimmy the economy in different ways by moving interest rates down or up. It, 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 it ought to just be about protecting against inflation. Let's bring jobs home. Let's unleash American energy. We can get it under control. But but I appreciate you saying that. Look, one of the reasons Karen and I stepped forward in this race, Ben, is because um, uh, I, I can't tell you exactly what the next 18 months is going to look like. <laughs> Right. No, no one can. Yeah, we didn't right. see COVID either. We don't. We, look, we, 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 in our family, we like to say we don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. But our conviction comes from a, deter, a belief that I know with all humility, based on my years of experience in the White House, in the State House and in the Congress, I would know what to do and who to do it with on day one to get this country turned around. And, and America will come back faster than you could possibly imagine if we, get the, if, we, if we get spending under control, if we extend those tax cuts that we passed uh, back in, in, 
in 2017, we unleash American energy, secure our border, and, 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 and empower states to bring about innovation and change. Of course, as a father of a captain in the Marine Corps, the father-in-law of a lieutenant, there's, there's nothing more important than our national defense. And, and we, have to, we have to put our fiscal house in order, Ben, because I believe we've got to make all new investments in our national defense to meet the widening challenges in an ever more dangerous world. Do you believe that NATO, with the expansion that has taken place in the last couple of years, NATO is clearly a very strategic part of the American defense system. Do you feel like it has gotten too big? Do you feel like our interests are not necessarily first and foremost? And what do you have to do in order to have that conversation? Because Ukraine is not going to quit knocking on the door. Well, that's right. And and uh, look, and, I, and I've been a very strong supporter uh, of giving American resources to the soldiers and fighters in Ukraine. Look, I, I have no doubt if, if Vladimir Putin overruns Ukraine, he's going to cross one of those NATO countries' borders that we're going to have to go fight him. So I believe in the Reagan doctrine, Ben, which always was, look, if you're willing to fight the communists in your country, we'll give you the means to fight them there so we don't have to fight them someday. Uh, and I continue to hold that. Biden's done a terrible job explaining our national interests. He's been slow-walking resources there. I think, as uh, as John Bolton said in an editorial this week, very well, he said Biden's been basically uh, investing enough there to prevent the Russians from winning, but he hasn't been giving them enough to, to actually for Ukraine to drive Russia out. But look, NATO, I'm proud of the fact that we, we, uh, we got NATO countries to invest more than $120 billion more in our common defense. Um, but, you know, 10 years ago, people were asking a question out loud whether whether NATO was relevant anymore. And then uh, it's very relevant. And then uh, and then now we, we know what we know. Russia is coming hard and uh, wanting to reestablish their old sphere of influence. So it's important that America be the leader of the free world as president. I'll make sure we are. I'm going to put this in, in two ways because I have one question left. If there was a shot that you took or had a part of when you were vice president that you wish you had back, what do you wish that you could have done differently, one? And two, what makes you uniquely qualified over the other dozen people in the race for Republican candidate for president of the United States that only Mike Pence can do? Well, I, I you know, I'm, I'm humble enough to say that there's as many, many things as you look over, not just the last four years, but through my career that I would have loved to have done differently. But uh, but I'm not really a rearview mirror guy, you know. I mean, I'm 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 proud of the record that we built under our administration. I mean, and you think about it: in four short years, we rebuilt our military, we revived our economy, we became energy independent, we appointed three conservatives to the courts that have now been given America a new beginning for life. And so I, I cherish the part that I was in that. What makes me, uh, I, I think, uniquely qualified, which is I think I'm the most consistent, proven conservative in this field. And uh, frankly, Ben, uh, as you look at uh, the debate going forward, look, uh, uh, you know, the president and I obviously have our differences. And uh, the president continues to maintain that I had authority two and a half years ago. The Constitution has never afforded any vice president and should never afford anyone ever. The presidency belongs to the American people, and I had no right to overturn the election. But our differences actually go far beyond that now. I mean, where, where we uh, exerted American leadership in the world, I see the president and others on the stage shying away 
from America leading on the world stage where where you know I've always been about fiscal responsibility battling big spenders even in my own party and now I see the president and others saying that the debt crisis facing our kids my grandkids is somebody else's problem and and frankly on the right to life almost everybody on the stage is shying away from standing unapologetically for the right to life. I'm, I've been a champion for life throughout my career. I'll continue to be in the Oval Office if I have the privilege of serving. So I, I think as people tune into that debate uh, next week, uh, my hope is that they'll, uh, uh, they'll, they'll see in Mike Pence a happy warrior who's always been about the conservative agenda and uh, uh, through thick and thin uh, uh, has always stood strong on the agenda that uh, minted our movement 50 years ago and I think can bring our country all the way back. Vice President Mike Pence, thank you for your time today. In another episode of the Ben Burnett Show, have a great day, everybody. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.